Can we just give Jesus a shout of praise? (laughs) Come on, somebody. How many know church is always better when Holy Ghost shows up? Amen? Man, just keep receiving. um, How many know in heaven there is no transition? It's just one constant flow. And right now we're still in the flow. And that breakthroughs here, it's funny, I, I was telling Kevin, it's, it's really an honor to be here. It's be back in beautiful, beautiful, no snow, British Columbia. <laughs> I'm just saying, listen, you can be thankful. If you don't have anything to be thankful about, you can be thankful right now you do not have snow. Um, (laughs) when I left, I live in Edmonton, uh, Alberta, uh, with my lovely wife, Kristen. We have three little girls under the age of five. I know, I I love saying that. I get so much sympathy. It's amazing. (laughs) We're going to have a great time today. I'm telling you, if you, if you had, um, depression today, God's going to lift off depression. There's been oppression. The Holy Spirit wants to deliver you this, this morning. And um, yeah, I, I, I can feel it in the house. God's going to eject some fresh hope over people today. It's a good day. No, really, it's a good day. And I'm so thankful to be here. I, I can feel this today. God is so thankful. I'm telling you, he's thankful. He is. Because how many know his mercies are new every morning? He's faithful. He's true. He's never let you down. Whew. And some of us, we just need to, we don't need to strive for anything today. It's here telling you breakthroughs in the room today. And all you need to do is just step into that flow. I can feel it. Just step into that flow. <laughs> oh, I needed this, by the way. This is really good for me. Um, no, really, it's an honor to be here. Man, that this church has changed so much. Like, so much. It's so beautiful in here. And um, it was amazing. I'm going to get into my word in a second. I, how many have ever felt like you serve a God called Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> you know, I know the Lord spoke to me. Like, I, I, love, I love being here, really, and I encourage you to please pray. Uh, pray for, for Brent. I'm telling you what God is doing in Russia right now. You know, I believe they're actually, you guys are actually, here's a word for you guys. You're fulfilling, I believe, a word of Bob Jones, one of his very last words that he gave about an end-time revival that was going to start in Russia. He said that there was an emerging army, and he said it was, the, it was the Red Army, but he said it was on fire for Jesus, moving in revival, and I feel like that you guys are a part of this end-time mobilization of what God is going to do in Russia, and that the Lord's going to use Russia in this next season to break down the walls, I'm telling you, in other countries, in their own country, and that there's going to be a move of missionaries coming out of, and revivalists coming out of Russia that are going to sweep all of, I just see Eastern Europe just being set on fire for Jesus, and God's going to do a whole restoration. I'm telling you, their greatest years are yet to come. You need to be thankful for Russia. No, really. You know, I, I thought about this. You know, <laughs> sometimes you, you think of silly things in services. When's the last time you've seen a good Russian guy in a movie? <laughs> Never. <laughs> They're always the bad guy. 
<laughs> you ever notice that? You're like, man, every time I watch a movie, it's the bad Russians. Listen, I, I feel this today. God is shifting something in our perception. We have to remember that we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against spirits that are at work. And I, and I feel for some of us, we need to be praying for, our, for other countries that God has given us favor into because you never know how they're going to come back and bless us. Oh, 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 oh. Come on, somebody. How many want some Russian revivalists coming out this way? I mean, they're going to... I've been... Listen, I've been out... Um, I, I, you know, I'm going to St. Petersburg uh, next year, and Russians are crazy. No, really. They live life like 120%. I went to a conference with about 5,000 um, Russian-speaking people in, I think it was Lithuania. My goodness, it was nuts. Like, I remember ministering, they're so hungry. Just because you say you're done, doesn't mean you're done. You know, here we're so polite. We're like, oh, he's done. Don't bother him. You know, da, 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 da. They don't care. And if you try to tell them, they tell you that they don't speak English, even though they do. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. You try to run away in the elevator, it doesn't work. Because they run into the elevator and they pack in like 20 hungry Russians. And they're all looking at you. And the whole thing about silence in an elevator, not going to happen. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray. It's literally seven floors. I remember I, <laughs> my room was on the seventh floor. And I had like 20 Russians in this little elevator. And most, I'll, I'll be honest with you, most of them were these big burly men. It was tight. <laughs> and they're grabbing you. And you're uncomfortable. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, help. You know what he said? This is good for you. Good for you. He said, wouldn't you rather people pulling on the anointing? I don't know about you, I'm tired of just playing games and having, I don't want a nice service. I want heaven to come. I've preached enough. I don't know about you. I want this day today, this morning, to be a God encounter where Holy Spirit moves in a way like we have never seen before, that we would get baptized again. Well, some of us were like, well, what do you mean baptized again? Yes, you can get baptized again. Because some of us, we need a fresh and filling with the Holy Ghost and fire. We need fire. Oh. Oh. Listen, it feels really good up here. If you're not feeling it there, then lie on the floor up here. By the way, those are really comfortable chairs. They're really comfortable. But if you're not, listen, today is not a day just to sit back and watch me. Today's the day to get hungry. Because we're living, you guys, I, I'm telling you, in the greatest days that we've ever lived in before. Right now, as a nation, God is doing things right now beyond what we can think or imagine. And I'll tell you something, history. Oh, if you want to participate in history, it will require you to be hungry. The Holy Spirit told me, he said, I'm willing to give you everything that you want. The only thing that you have to do is stay hungry. See, you can be given everything, but if you're not hungry, you'll receive nothing. Even though you have everything.
And every time I'm like, well, God, I'm doing another meeting. Well, you know, man, I just like last night was, I can't get into too much. But I I had a crazy open door in the sports arena. We just prayed for a whole bunch of really cool people, influential people in the Vancouver sports industry. It was late at night. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I got to preach tomorrow morning. He said, Samuel, it's your privilege to preach and minister to God's people. Because he said, why not this morning a move of the Holy Spirit like you've never seen? This is speaking to me. I don't know about you. What about you today? Why not another move of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen before? See, there's a hunger. There's a thirst for God. I'm telling you this morning that God is looking for a people that will not be satisfied with yesterday's breakthroughs, but they're after God afresh today. Come, Holy Spirit! Come, Holy Spirit. We're thankful for everything that you've done, but there's another wave, and there's more, and there's more, and there's more. We're not doing this to be religious. We're doing this because we're hungry. We're desperate. We're desperate. Oh, you know, I, I love it. I love being here. How many love Kevin and Donna? Come on. I, I, on, and me and Kevin, we went up to, to Whistler um, on Friday and uh, we're hosting a conference up in Whistler. Uh, for entrepreneurs and leaders all across Canada. We've got Lance Walno and Sean Boltz coming out at the end of May. It's going to be awesome. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to gather leaders together, business leaders, and tell them that they can use their business for the kingdom. Tell people, listen, there's no, there's no difference. Come on, somebody, there's no difference between a church service and your business. You can have church in your business. I know this church believes this. And, uh, and so we were out, and I, I'll just say this. I love being around hungry people. Kevin and Donna are some of the most hungry people that I know. I, I, can, I can say this, and this will be a testimony of your life, for your whole life, for your, for your kids, for your grandkids, is that you will be known as people that never let the flame burn out. Never let the flame burn out. And God is saying, he's, he's, I, I just see it like the, the torch of the Lord in your hand in this season. That God is going to give you a torch that will not run out, that will burn, 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 burn. And there's a new season of the fire of the Lord being released over you guys, over your family. I'm telling you, over all your ministry that God says you're called to ignite people with, I just see like an insatiable hunger. I just see it coming over, like especially young people in this house. I see like a fire that's coming and falling over all these radical ones. And listen, I don't care how old you are. You can be young at heart. Come on, somebody. If this is for you. You, you can receive that there's a burning and I just see a company of burning burning ones that just, they just want more of God and I see prayer meetings just being released. I see homes being set on fire. I see all these like, these house meetings where God is moving till 1, 2 a.m. in the morning and there's a fire that's being released and I see people, I just see people being baptized in the Holy Ghost that God says get ready. There's a mandate to, woo, to release the Holy Ghost to reintroduce Holy Spirit to a generation that does not know them and I'm telling you right now I just see a releasing of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name Lord we thank you for the fresh fire in Jesus name Lord just release it release it right now a fresh impartation you know you know what one of the things that's coming back to our churches is we're going to start praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit again more I feel a conviction for this 
There's a conviction. We have to have it, friends. I'm telling you, today's a good day. Today's a good day. Some of you, man, I've never been baptized. Listen, God wants to touch you even in your seat. Just receive. He's not a respecter of persons. You know what the Bible says? It says in the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. All flesh. I don't care how old you are in the Lord. All flesh means all flesh. But it's according to hunger today. I just, I can feel it. I'm hungry. I, I appreciate this. This is good for me. Because there's harvest. There's harvest. You know, in a couple weeks in Edmonton, we have the Grey Cup. And, um, it, you know, some of you are like, the Grey what? It's the, it's the Canadian Football League Championship. And um, we have coming out, you know, there's, there's probably over 100,000 people coming to Edmonton to celebrate. But what a lot of people don't realize is we have 70 Christian athletes coming to Edmonton, Alberta, um, the, uh, the weekend of the 24th of November. And the whole purpose is, is to see 10,000 decisions for Jesus Christ in one week. We're going to schools. We're going into hospitals, seniors' homes. We're going into First Nations communities all over northern Alberta with one purpose, to preach the gospel of the kingdom, to preach that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Well, how is God going to move in our schools? Let them move. You know, it's amazing. People would tell me, you know, Canada's too hard. Well, if that's your belief, it'll be too hard. But what does God say? What does God say? Well, all this stuff that's going on in our schools, what does God say? See, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of information. We live in, a, in an information age. More than ever, you can get things on your phone quicker now than you've ever had before. But it's a double-sided coin to this thing. And I, and I hate saying this, but I feel like we are way too accustomed to negative news. And we've allowed news outlets and media centers and all these things to get us accustomed to negative news. And we forget that even though there might be facts out there, how many know truth is greater than fact? And the fact might be right now there's a battle over our kids, but how many know the truth is God always wins? And that God can make a way where there is no way. And so we believe this, and, and there's, a, there's a whole group, there's churches from all over Edmonton standing together, believing God for revival in schools. Many people, intercessors, I want to encourage the intercessors, thank you so much for your prayers, because it's your prayers that have prepared the way for a harvest that's coming, because you've sowed with tears, and now you're going to reap with joy. And I want to encourage you to keep up the intercession. Some of you, you've been, you've, you, it's, it's been a little bit tiring because we haven't seen in the natural what we've seen in the spirit. I'm telling you, friends, do not lose heart because God is doing a new thing. And so because of intercession and because there was people that were thinking creatively outside of the box, God would give ideas. The Lord's opened up almost every major school system in Edmonton to preach the gospel of Jesus. Well, they're public schools. Tell that to Holy Spirit. Well, all this stuff that's going on, take it up with him. I'm just in sales. He's management. Don't get mad with me. You know, it's amazing. 
We're going to be doing an event. Friends, pray for us. We're going to be doing another event at UBC. Most, they would say, you know, I, I, it's so funny. I, it's like, how many have ever felt like, you know, you pray like, Lord, don't send me there and God sends you there? Have you ever felt like that? I'm like, I kind of want to say, God, don't send me to Hawaii. Don't send me to Disneyland. <laughs> Be very careful what you pray and what you say. Because some of us are like, oh, don't make me like this dude. God will make you so much worse. No, really, I had a, okay, how many have ever met my dad, Charlie Robinson? Some of you, you've seen him do this, you've seen him do this. He is like an aerobic instructor in the spirit. And I remember we had a huge conference, like big, big conference going on, and I invited one of my friends, big, big church. Big, 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 super current, had the lights, had everything, and great preacher, and awesome buddy of mine. And, and um, so he comes to my conference because he's hungry. And I'll tell you something, hunger will open up doors of opportunity for you. <laughs> Let me poke a button here. Hunger will open up doors of opportunity for you to encounter him. That you could read all the books that you want to, all the theology, and try to have all your ducks in place. But if you're hungry today for the person, you'll get everything. See, many people are content knowing about somebody, but God is looking for people that want to know him. The world is looking for people that have a firsthand testimony of encountering him. <laughs> so my buddy comes out, and he's Mr. Prim and Mr. Prim. He comes in, three-piece suit, watch. Have you ever seen those, those watches as big as dinner plates? Like, I mean, they're huge. Super stylish, great shape. Like, just, you know, if you are thinking prototypical you know, like, big church pastor, got it all together, this would be the guy. And, I, and he's coming out, he's a buddy, and I'm a little nervous because I invited him out, and all of a sudden we had a speaker change. I wanted him to hear Sean Boltz. Sean couldn't come out that day. He had to come the next day. So he had to hear Charlie Robinson. Now, some of you are like, Charlie's awesome. I know. I'm his biggest fan. But Charlie's just not as safe <laughs> as Sean Boltz. Just say it. So there's my dad, he's up there and he's going the shoot ba boom and God's moving and everyone take out a barrel and I'm like, listen. <laughs> I've been there. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying so hard for my friend. I'm like, God, move please today, but move in a way that, you know, is nice. <laughs> the one thing God wants to do that I believe it stops us and it actually stops some of our friends is our own dignity. And the reason why some of us don't bring people to church is because we're afraid that we're not going to look good in front of them. Because I was dealing with this in the front row with a buddy of mine, I'm thinking, how is this going to affect my relationship with him? And I forgot it wasn't about me, it's about him. Yeah. Friends, let me tell you something today. You know what? God is about to empower a church when we realize it's not about us and how we look good. It's all about him and how he looks good. And he can move any way that he wants to. And when you're hungry, you don't care what it looks like. When you're hungry, you'll bring your friends out because you want them to be hungry too. 
See, when you're hungry, it's not just about your personal relationship. You want everybody around you to be hungry because iron sharpens iron. Hungry people inspire hungry people. That's how you have a move, friends. So there he is. Here's my dad, Shumba Booba. And I'm like, oh man, Shumba Booba's God. Help. So the whole time he's like, and I'm deer in the head like, like Bambi landing. After the service, I said, hey, how'd it go? He's like, that was interesting. <laughs> if you're willing to walk with people through uncomfortable situations, you'll create culture. See, a lot of times we're afraid of process. We want instant. So we don't bring people in because we're scared that it won't be instant. We're scared that our kids won't instantly get touched. We're scared our kids won't, our friends won't instantly have that breakthrough or that miracle because we're scared to walk with people through process. I'll tell you something, friends. Aren't you glad that Jesus wasn't scared of walking with you through your process? And if you were willing to walk with people through process, you'll create culture. So he's like, hey, I said, hey, how's it going? He's like, man, that was interesting. I said, you know what, man? Listen, it might not all make sense here, but it's going to make sense here. He said, give it a chance. He said, all right. So he goes, now he goes in his car. He has to drive about 45 minutes. He had his assistant with him. And the assistant's driving. <laughs> and so my buddy, I'm like, I'm not even thinking about this. Sean's in the next day. And my friend comes in. Again, the second day. I'm like, wow, he's back. But I noticed something weird with him. Now, now, listen to me. Has anyone ever bonked their head before? Like hit their head? You ever see something swell up? You ever had like a, like an, it looks like an egg shape on your head? My friend comes in with the biggest egg shape thing on his head. I'm like, he turned into a unicorn. Like, I mean, this thing was so big. And I'm like, what is going on? And he's like, Sammy, he runs over. Sammy, man, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. I said, what happened? He says, you'll never believe this. I said, what? He says, honestly, man, this was so weird last night. I didn't know what to do. And he's like, I was kind of joking around with my assistant. He's like, dude, I like Sammy, but that Charlie guy's kind of weird. I don't know about this. God would never make me like this dude. Don't say that. Don't say that. You know why? Because some of you, when you gave your life to the Lord, you didn't read the small print. <laughs> some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You got, you know. You can have it all, Lord. You're just snot and tears. You didn't read the small print. God did. He said, thank you very much. Your body belongs to me. I'll do whatever I want if it gets you to the place where you need to be. And so all of a sudden, here's this guy with the unicorn-shaped head. And he's like, dude, you'll never believe what happened. The moment I said that, I, man, I'll never be like Charlie, all of a sudden, I started to go like this. But he said, the issue was, I was in a sports car, not in a church, and my head was hitting the dash. And the assistant was freaking out. What's wrong with you?
all the way home. He said, Samuel, I could have went to 100 meetings and not received this one breakthrough that I had in 40 minutes. And I'm going to tell you something, friends. That man was the hungriest man I've ever seen, and he still is. Every time there's a conference on, he doesn't care. He comes to the front, first person in line for prayer. You know why? Because he got touched by Holy Ghost. When you get touched by Holy Ghost, your whole world will change. And some of us, we need to realize that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. You know, in worship today, I, I had this beautiful encounter. And this is a word for the house. Is this being recorded? I'm so happy. This is going to be amazing. Because I felt like I saw the, the next three years of this ministry in this church. And I, I'll be honest with you, it's going to be great. No, really, there's going to be so much growth in this church. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't even want to say it. There's a two-letter word that nobody likes. It's called two services. I, I, I'm telling you, friends, there's something that's about to take place right here. Get ready. There's going to be an abundance of growth. Here, if you don't have a church, this is a really good church. You should pray about coming. And uh, that's a plug, by the way. And I'm never afraid to say that because I know, I know the people that are here, hungry people. You want to be around hungry people. <laughs> well, you can pass through that one, Kevin. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> so here's my encounter I had. I saw for 2019, this is a word here. You know, we've had a lot of teaching on eagles. We've had a lot of teaching on, on different type of, you know, I feel like different type of birds, but the Lord showed me out of this house, this ministry, I saw all of these doves that were flying out. And the Lord spoke to me and said, 2019 for this ministry, for this house, what God is doing in this region is going to be the year of the dove. And the Lord spoke to me about a dove company and that this will be a year, 2019, get ready, of a new wave of the presence and the Holy Spirit like we have never seen before. That, friends, I'm going to tell you something. I'm thankful for the gifts. I'm thankful for everything. But I'll tell you the greatest weapon that you have is his presence. And there's a new type of evangelism that's coming to the church. And I love prophetic evangelism. I do it. I, I tell you, I love power evangelism. But the greatest form of evangelism that you can operate in is presence evangelism. Because when the Pharisees looked at John and Peter, what did they say? They recognized they were unlearned, untrained. But guess what? They had realized they had been with Jesus. And I, and I saw in this house that the Lord was creating this beautiful space for the doves to gather in this region. That the Lord says there's a company of doves that are coming together. It's, it's presence first. It's a presence-driven church. It's a presence-driven ministry. Presence driven. Presence. More than anything, and I love it all. I love the gifts. I love everything, but I'll tell you something. I'm after the one. And when we are after the one and when our eyes are fixed on him, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one, come on somebody listen, that, is, that sits in heaven and he laughs at the enemy. He's the one that has conquered death in sin, in the power of the grave, at the mention of his name. Every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord's. And I saw a wave, a wave, a wave, a wave of those who operated like doves. And they came in and they operated in the presence. And the power just flowed effortlessly. 
When you focus on his presence, his power will always be at hand. I'm going to say that again. When you focus on presence, his power will always be at hand. See, we're not called to strive after power. We're called to go after his presence. And there's a wave of presence that's coming over this region that God says, get ready, that there's going to be wave after wave of presence that's going to be released where services are going to go hours and hours and it's going to feel like minutes because the glory of God is here. Whew. Holy Spirit. Whew. See, Jesus talked about in the parables the 30, the 60, and the 100 fold. See, I believe he was, he was being very symbolic of three other things. How did he teach the, the disciples to pray? At the very end of the prayer, it goes, Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. 30, 60, 100 fold. Kingdom, power, glory. What do I mean by that? When you step into the kingdom and you're saved, you can do a lot of great things. But how many know it's not just, you know, praise God, we're saved, amen? If we just got salvation, that'd be amazing. But how many know he's given you more? Come on, somebody. You're saved. But Jesus said, wait. Come on, somebody, because you'll be endued with what? Power. And I'll tell you something, this is where a lot of the, you know, Pentecostal, charismatic, what prophetic church has been in, and I love it, it's, it's the power. And I'm so thankful for the gifts of the Spirit. Listen, I'm not, I, listen, I'm not disrespecting the gifts. We need people activating the gifts. But I'll tell you something, you know what, we, we need even more than just the gifts. We need to have an encounter with the God of glory. Because when you read about gross darkness, what is the antidote? Glory. Arise and shine for your light has come. And what does it say? And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Now I want you to get that. It's not just an inward glory. Jesus Christ is the hope of glory. But how many want that glory inside to manifest outside? See, it's one thing to know it in here. It's another thing when people start to see it out there. There's a glory within and a glory upon. This is the year, friends. I'm telling you, if you're passionately pursuing his presence, God is saying, I'm going to rest on you, my glory. When they look at you, they see Jesus. That's the only thing that matters. I don't care if you know my name. At the end of the day, do you look at me and see Jesus? That's what matters. A presence-driven people. 30, 60, 100 for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And I'll tell you the other thing that comes with his presence. Oh. The Lord spoke this to me and he said, Samuel, this church is going to come into Isaiah. I'll, I'll read this for you. Isaiah 66 verse 1. It says, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? How many want to build the Lord's house? You know what the Bible says? Whew. <laughs> I'm 
How many don't want to labor in vain? Amen? I'll tell you, the, the only way that you will not labor in vain is if we build what God wants to build. We don't need to build our ministry. We need to build his ministry. And know what I've realized in this season? When you build his house, there's always enough space for everyone. You know what I hate? I hate when we try to build our ministry and our thing. I'm done with good ideas. We need God ideas. Because I hate the competitiveness when people try to build ministry. I, I run the other way. I don't even want that. You know why? It's, it's like musical chairs. And once the music stops, see, it can all be good for a moment. But once the music stops, because I'll tell you something, the only thing that is sustainable is his presence. Meetings, your meetings won't sustain you. You're, I'm telling you, his presence will. And when you focus on his presence, you have unlimited supply of resource, energy, and joy in your life. But look what it says here. It says, and who, and it says, where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? Say rest. Doesn't that feel like a good word? I got three girls under the age of five. Every time I, people ask me, what's revival? I'm like eight hours of sleep. <laughs> Can I get to listen? I, baby, if you're watching my wife, listen, I, I love you. You're with all three girls by yourself. I owe you some rest. <laughs> you know what God's going to do in this next season in this house? There's going to be supernatural rest. You know what I felt today? The rest of the Lord. You didn't have to strive for nothing. Why? Because when he shows up, everything you need is available. Come on, somebody. Listen, if he gave you, if the father gave you his own son, what is he going to withhold from you? If he gave you everything. See, there's, there's a rest that's coming back into the body. See, when you're focused on his presence, it's not about what you do. Too often, I, I go to places, and not in this house, but I've been in other places where there's so many programs, there's, it's do, 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 so much stuff, but we forget to rest. And because we forget to rest, we see people burn out. See, our, our places of worship, that I'm telling you, I believe the church in Canada is going to understand the power of godly rest. You want to know something interesting? The Lord spoke this to me a little while ago. He said, heaven and hell are both looking for a place of rest. Evil spirits, when they're driven out of people, what did it say? They're brought to a dry place. And they bring back seven worse if that house is clean. Why? Because they're looking for a place of rest. Devils and Holy Spirit are looking for the same thing, a place of rest. I don't know about you. I want God to rest in me. Amen. How many want God to, not just a conference, not just a good meeting, how many want the habitation of the glory of God? When we come into, I'm it's already in this place. And when we come into this place, you don't have to think, listen, you don't have to worry about anything because when you step into his house, woo, come on somebody, listen, when you're in your father's house, the fridge is wide open for you. When you're in your father's house, you can sit down and just relax. You don't have to worry. See, there's a wave that's coming over this ministry. Kevin already started talking about it, and the Lord already showed it to me. It's John 10, verse 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and abundant life. 
Here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, this rest that is in this house is going to be transferable to your house. And here's what God says, 2019 will be a year of rest for many of you with your sons and your daughters and family members and spouses. God is releasing supernatural rest over you where there's been division in relationships. God is going to restore in Jesus' name. So we need that in our homes. One of the reasons why, you know, I'll tell you something, one of the reasons why kids go out into the world is because they don't feel like their house is a house of peace. God wants to restore peace to the home. When there's peace and rest, kids will find their identity. When there's no peace and no rest, they'll look for other places for fake peace and fake rest. That's what the Lord was speaking to me, but he said, that's why there's drug epidemics right now going all over because people are looking for peace and they can't find it. But there's a dove company that's rising up that understands. Whew. Come on, somebody, the Prince of Peace. And they're going to walk in this revelation of the Prince of Peace. And as they worship together, that rest, how many believe that peace, that rest can envelop a whole region? where all of a sudden restlessness, violence has to go. All of a sudden, these regions become the safest places, not because we increase police, not because we try to come up with our own programs, but because of the supernatural rest of God, where now kids are in their right minds. How many believe right now, even places like East Hastings, where all of a sudden there's been those that have been battling in their mind completely, totally set free? In Abbotsford, in Aldergrove, in Langley, how many believe God could move on the homelessness situations and the, I'm telling you different epidemics that are going on right now. In a moment, I believe the supernatural rest and glory of God can come. What would take counseling 10 years can happen in one touch. You know, it's amazing. I, I don't normally share this, but I'll share this here today. Many of you, you know, you know my mom, Shirley Robinson. I, I absolutely listen. I'm a mama's boy. I love my mom. And uh, my mom prayed me into the kingdom. And I'll tell you something, it's hard to rebel when you have a, a word of knowledge mother. Because she would tell you what you, you're thinking, what you wanted to do even before you did it. So it really, it's not rebellion now because you're thinking, well, she already knows, so let's forget about it. Let's just, you know, let's play some video games. <laughs> my mom has one of the greatest testimonies I've ever heard before. My mother, um, when she was born... Her mother had a, um, a mental disease. I believe it was a generational spirit. That uh, every time my mom's mom would give birth, she started losing a little bit more of her, her, her rational thinking. To the point where when she was born, her mother just, literally she, she was clinically unable to make healthy decisions where she would leave all the kids. There was, I think, seven kids. Leave them all, take all their clothes, burn them throw out all the food, and they'd be alone for days on end. And so it got to a place where it was so bad, my mom was taken out of the house at like two weeks or three weeks and placed into foster care when she went from home to home to home to home with no peace. At the age of 16 years old, uh, the, the, whew, the government didn't know what to do with my mom. This is, it's hard because I'm talking about my mom here. At the age of 16, they didn't know what to do. So they decided to put her into a, a, a facility that was for those that were mentally ill. 
And as she was walking up the steps of this building, there was a lady that was there, and she looked at my mom and said, honey, take a good look, because this is the last time you're going to see the outside, and you're going to be in here for the rest of your life. My mom's 16 years old, put in basically like a prison cell, was in a straight jacket. She said, Samuel, every day I felt like I was losing more and more of my mind. This is, this is my mom. This is not secondhand. This is my mother. And she said, Samuel, it was the most depressing, suicidal place to be. And I literally felt like every day I was walking in hell. But she said, when I was 18 years old, she said there was a Baptist minister that believed in seeing people and visiting the sick and telling them about Jesus. And this Baptist minister came in and, and started witnessing to all the different people. And she, my mama was either the last one or the second last. And, and she was so shocked that this guy would come in and just talk, talk to them and talk to her and, and told her about Jesus. He said, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. He has a plan for you. You might feel trapped, but I'll tell you something. Jesus is the answer. A Baptist minister. Listen, friends, I want God to move in every church. I don't care what it says on the outside door because I know that I'm telling you, I know the heart of our Father. And here's this Baptist minister that says to my mom, says, listen, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus. And she was about to say yes. And she said, Samuel, a demonic hand went over my mouth and I couldn't speak. I'm like, what did you do? And she said, the only thing I could do was nod my head. And the Baptist minister knew that she said yes. And he said, okay, I'm going to pray with you. Prayed the prayer and they agreed together. And the moment she did, she said, all of a sudden, the person of Jesus in one moment stood beside me. And in an instant, I was totally, completely healed and in my right mind. You know what? I know we're going to go after this in this season, friends. I'm telling you, those who have been suffering with depression and suicide, there's an answer today. I'm telling you, it's more than prescription. His name is Jesus. And I'm not saying that to be unsensitive. I'm saying that because I know firsthand with my mother. That day, the president of the organization was doing his rounds, looked at person to person to person, came to my mom and instantly knew that she was completely, totally healed. They didn't know what to do. He called all the staff. They said, who is this woman? Well, this is Shirley Robinson, Shirley. And um, they said, well, we know there's something different. We can't keep her in here. So you know what they did? They gave her a job. You know why they gave her a job? They didn't know it, but God knew it. Because the same authority that delivered her was now the authority that she carried to deliver others. Some of you today were complaining about our circumstance, but we don't realize that God's about to move in a breakthrough so that you're not just, it's not just breakthrough for you, but it's breakthrough for your children's children and other people. And I'm here to tell you today, there is hope. There is hope. And that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all of a sudden, my mother had a job in this facility at 18 years old, and she didn't have no psych degree. She had no counseling degree. She had the Holy Spirit walking with her every single day. And she would go from plate room to room to room, telling them about Jesus, telling them about the power of God, and 
time after time after time, all of these people started coming back into their right minds. My mom has a grade three education. Statistics say she wouldn't make it. Anytime I have a hard time, I just look at her. <laughs> I know life is not easy. Some people look at me and they say, man, Sammy, you're blessed. You got two good parents. I know I do. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be really real with you. Just because it doesn't happen for you doesn't mean it can't happen through you. There's a lot of reasons why we can give up. And I'll tell you something. I know you're hungry today. You wouldn't be here in church today unless you're hungry. And I'm going to tell you something, friends. Some of you, you might not have had a good dad. Maybe you didn't have a good mom. Maybe life, you know, wasn't the way you thought it should be. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he can take your life and turn it into something amazing beyond what you can think or imagine. And something can stop with you and start something new. A few years ago, whew, my girls are probably laughing. Daddy's crying. <laughs> A few years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to go down there to where that old building was, where they held my mom. I said, I can't do it, God. No way. Not a chance. It's too much. I said, That's, how could I do that? Time after time, the Lord speaks to me and says, I want you to go there. I want you to go there. I want you to go there. So I didn't tell anybody. I made a flight. Went on business to go down to Quebec. Drove over. Went to this place. Terrible. Like, I mean, I looked at this wretched building. It was, it was decrepit. It had been shut down by the government. And I'm thinking, man, I don't want to go in here. And the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go in. So I go in. thinking, God, why are you bringing me here? He said, here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to realize something. The battles that your parents, your mother has faced are now your victories. And I can take the ugliest of situations and turn it into a testimony of my glory. And I remember being in this place looking around, what am I doing here? I remember they had this big, huge door, and it was like all brick, this building, and I open up the door, and I walk in, and there's nothing in there, and the Lord speaks to me and says, turn around, and I turn around, and on the side of the door, you know what's on the side of the door? is a plaque. It says, in commemoration to Shirley Robinson for all her years in service. Why am I saying that? Don't let your biography determine your destiny. Let something new start in you. Because <clears throat> he's going to make a way where there is no way. See, some of us today, we need this. We need peace. We need peace. See, when we think about peace, we think it's such a passive thing. It's not. It's actually an incredible weapon. So much so, Paul had a revelation of peace. What did he say in Romans? He said, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. It doesn't say the God of power. It didn't say the God of glory. It said the God of peace. 
peace. What peace? What, what do you mean peace? No peace. Peace is a weapon in the hands of the church. How do I know that? How do I know in Romans it also says all creation is earnestly expecting the revealing of the sons of God. How do we know that verse? But do you know what it also says? What does Jesus say in Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitudes? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called what? What is that? Say that again. Sons of what? Sons of God. What is the earth looking for? The revealing of the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? Peacemakers. Friends, can I tell you something? What's going to happen in this season? In Canada, Canada is about to have a shift of thinking in this season. Because Canada and Canadians have been known as peacekeepers. I'm going to tell you something, friends. We've tried so hard to keep the peace. It does not work. You can't keep peace. You have to make peace. Some of us today, we're trying so hard to be so nice to everybody. And we're trying to, and we see this as, you know, and it's almost in our history as Canadians. We're the nice people. I'm going to tell you something, friends, in this season, God is not looking for you to try to make this nice peace. He's looking to you to speak to the storms in your life and the storms in our city and the storms in our family and rise up in who we are and speak to the storm and say, peace, be still. I'm not called to keep peace. I'm called to make peace. And when you realize that peace is an offensive weapon, you'll make peace because you realize the power of peace. Because he's going to make a way where there is no way. <laughs> How many like Heidi Baker? Remember when she was here? It was fun, man. Wow. Oh, holy. <laughs> Can I tell you something funny? I used to like, Heidi freaked me out. Did you, did anybody else like, just like, I, listen, Kevin was the hungriest dude. I, I have to tell you, Kevin and I literally would have like, like pre-conference, after conference, three sessions outside the conference, just prayer meetings. He would be praying, I'd be snoring. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> He'd be asking for heaven, I'd be. <sighs> listen, listen, some use words, some use groans. It's all good. But I remember, I remember the times I would make, like, I remember Heidi, and just so, like, she'd be, holy, oh. I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl's crazy. Like, I, and I remember the first time I saw her, she was just like, holy, and I'm like, oh my goodness, they let the special people up today. I'm like, man, and there she is, and I'm like, and I still remember, she called up, I remember she was, and we were in the back, and she was like, <laughs> I remember she prayed for me and my dad again. She already prayed for my dad, he got touched. Uh, but we were in the back of this conference room, and, and uh, she said, I want to pray for you too. And I'm thinking, I don't want you to pray for me. You're weird. <laughs> You're weird. This is, and I saw my dad, and he's like, Ooh! I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, some people just think it's normal. Like, the Robinsons came out like this. No, we didn't. My dad was a, like, I'm telling you, my dad was a top-level basketball player. I'm tell, I, I was, you know, my goal was to be, you know, go to college with basketball. That's where I was going. I didn't do any of this. Who does that? 
And I remember the next time I got prayed for with Heidi, there's Heidi. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so weird. And I still remember, I felt like Bambi. Here's this woman, this little woman with this eyes like fire. She's like, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm thinking, no! And she prays for my dad again. Bam, he goes out. I'm thinking, come on, dude, just stand up. You're 6'5", she weighs nothing. And it's like slow motion, like, like Terminator. Like, and I can't move. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. And I remember she lays hands on us. And I just felt this like fire of God. It was so weird, but felt so good at the same time. I remember going out, oh, just like, have you ever just got prayed for it? And it's like, you just lose control. And like, there, it's, the screams are coming out. And you're like, I feel like that is like, like a six-year-old girl at a Justin Bieber concert. She's like, and God's going to send you to all the dark nations. I don't want to go to the dark nations. I wanted to say, but I couldn't because I'm screaming like a girl. Ah! And she's like, God's going to send you to the dark nations. I want to say, stop it. I want to go to Hawaii, California, and Florida. I'm like, and she's like, you're going to go to Indonesia. You're going to go to all these dark nations. I'm like, no, no. Kevin will go. Send Kevin. <laughs> Kevin would go. He loves Heidi. He's like basically adopted. <laughs> you know, Sharon, I, I, I feel like I... the. The older we get, the realize, we realize the less we know. Does that make sense? Especially when you have kids. You have a great family. I got to tell you, you have a great family. This house will always be a house of family. I, I believe it's a, God's going to answer a prayer that this house will be a house of restoration of families, that you've been praying for family revival. You're going to see it with your own eyes. This house will be one of the healthiest churches for family where their kids, you're going to see in this next season that... Um, grandparents, their kids, and their grandkids all worshiping God on the same row together. And it's a prayer that God's going to do. And it's uniting the family. And I see there's a blessing. There's a generational inheritance that's being released to you guys in this season because you've always carried a generational vision. You've always wanted to give your kids and your grandkids more than what even you guys have received. It's a promise from the Lord that God's going to expand you guys in this season. And I see whole new things that are about to, I just see waves of finances and blessing because the Lord's going to extend just this realm of favor and finance because you guys have a generational vision and a generational heart. And if you ever read Proverbs 13, 22, it talks about a good man leaves an inheritance to to the children's children. And the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. I'll tell you the key. If you want the last half of that sentence, you have to first fulfill the first heart, first part, which is to have a generational vision. You have a generational vision, which is going to release a generational blessing. And I see that over you and Brent, and there's going to be such abundance that get ready that the, the generations are going to be blessed in Jesus' name. You just, the more and more I realize is that revival always looks different than what we think. But if you embrace it, it'll be greater than what you could ever expect. So I started going with my dad to Indonesia. I didn't want to go. We had armed guards outside of our place where we were staying. I remember at the beginning, we were going to like these places of like 50 people. 
in Indonesia. There's no AC. It is so hot. Like, I'm sorry, the food was not that good. McDonald's was like my best friend. And I'm thinking, why have you brought me here? And here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Samuel, if you'll trust me in the small, you'll rejoice with me in the big. So everybody wants to just rejoice in the big. But they're not willing to trust him in the small and get happy about the small. See, if you're willing to get happy in the small, you'll be allowed to rejoice in the big. You won't be jealous in the big. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, some of you know the story. My dad released a word in 2004 about all this stuff and uh, revival in Indonesia happened. All of a sudden, the churches that we went to of 300 are now 30,000. I'm speaking to church coming up this next... By the way, pray for me. I, got, I just got the opportunity at the end of January to meet with the president of Indonesia. And so we're bringing NBA players into Indonesia to preach the gospel. And the Muslim government is giving us open space to talk about Jesus Christ. I'm preaching in a church, 48,000 people, three services of 16,000. And can I tell you something? They want me to lay hands on everybody. Come on, somebody. Listen, Jenny Craig don't have nothing on that. Oh. <laughs> but I still remember it was probably my 13th or 14th time uh, speaking and um, I was about to do this big pastor's conference a couple thousand people and uh, I was going into Indonesia and I, some of you might have heard the story this is good for you I remember going into customs handing him my passport and this guy little dude and uh, looking at my passport and scans it and it's super simple in Indonesia if you've ever been they've changed it now but they used to have a red light green light system how many know green light is good Red light, bad. Really easy. Mexico, I think, has the same kind of thing. Hey, green. Oh, red. So I handed my passport. All of a sudden, bah! red light. Oh. The guy looks at me. I'm like, do it again. Bah! Now everyone's looking like I'm the bad guy. They're like, who is this dude? And I'm like, oh, have you ever done panic tongues before? That was me. In the airport. I'm like, scan it one more time. Bah! And all of a sudden, this guy comes out with this suit, and he says, Mr. Robinson, we've been expecting you. That's not the right kind of expectation. <laughs> he says, come with me. I don't want to go with you. I'm in Indonesia. All by myself. There I am. I'm going through the bowels of Indonesia Airport, Jakarta International Airport. I'm like, oh, God, help, 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 help. I remember there's this guard with us and there's this guy and he brings me into my worst fear. You want to know what my worst fear is? Is I hate little rooms. Like little, little rooms. I kid you not, it looked like a movie. They had a little light in a little room with a desk and a chair that looked like it was made from Ikea. He says, sit down. I'm like, if I sit down, I'm going to break it. That's what I'm feeling. He says, sit down. I'm like, okay. So I sit down and he's got a folder. It's got my name on it. He says, Mr. Robinson. We've been waiting for you. I'm like, what? He says, yes, because your last couple of trips, we've been watching you. Watching me? I always feel like somebody's watching me. <laughs> so he says, listen, I, I want to tell you something. You're dangerous. You don't came out of my mouth. I'm Canadian. <laughs> when are we ever dangerous? What am I going to do? Throw some maple syrup at you? How about a beaver? Like, come on! 
like an oxymoron, dangerous Canadian. Listen, come on, let's be real. When uh, the number one Canadian pop star, Justin Bieber, writes a song, what's it called? Sorry. You don't even have to know that he's Canadian. Instantly, you read the title, he's Canadian. You're dangerous. I'm like, you got the wrong guy here. Takes a, this file, puts it on there. There's all these like beautiful photos of me. I'm like, wow, it's all of me preaching. Now I'm gonna be honest with you, they look like really good bio photos. Now I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, if you ain't gonna use them, can I use them? <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> they said, Mr. Robinson, you've been preaching the gospel, winning many thousands of Muslims um, over to Christianity. He said, you're dangerous. And I'm here to tell you, that this is your last trip to Indonesia. After this trip, we're going to put a ban on you. We're going to mark you. And if you try to come in, we're going to put you in jail, and then we're going to deport you. If you try to come in again, they're like, we're going to keep you in jail. He said, looked at me and says, have a nice day. <laughs> Can I be real with you? I know, we're, you know, Canadians were nice, happy. <laughs> so we watch hockey. There are times, have you ever just, like, let's be real with you, just I, as family, have you ever felt like you wanted to give someone the right hand of fellowship? <laughs> like, seriously, you had the five-fold ministry. I wanted to launch him in his destiny, let me tell you. Just, and I'm like, I know, I should be nice. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's... Sorry. No. What do you do? Being real with you, I'm gonna let you step into my world for a second. What do you do when you've been there 13 times to Indonesia to a country that was promised as inheritance and you feel like in a moment everything's gone? And all of a sudden the devil comes, because it always does. Try to whisper in your ear and say, didn't I tell you? Like, why would God do this? You just wasted all your time. What are you gonna do? You can't even come back anymore, you're done. All, everything you did was for naught. That's what's going through my head. But how many know this today? That the voice of the Holy Spirit is greater than any other voice. You know, I love what Jesus said. You know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And a voice of a stranger, they will not follow. I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. And it's kept me through even hard situations today. It was super simple. Here's what he said. He said, I will make a way where there is no way. And every time a lie would come, you're not going to make it through this. This is your last time. I'd have to take that thing and submit it to the word of the Lord. God, you will make a way where there is no way. I'll tell you something, friends. The greatest thing that you can have is a word of the Lord. Because a word of the Lord will change your atmosphere. A word of the Lord will change your family. A word of the Lord will change your job situation, your financial situation. All you need is one word from heaven. And if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can receive that word. And when you receive that word, everything changes. I will make a way where there is no way. I had to speak that night the whole time. I'm, 
I'm in this battle, but I'm holding on to the word of the Lord. <laughs> and there's this conference, you know, the conference is going on, there's thousands of people that are worshiping Jesus, and here I am. Have you ever try, tried to act holy? Have you ever done the, the, holy, the holy look? You know what I'm talking about? You close your eyes. Everyone thinks you're worshiping Jesus, but inside it's like you're playing tennis with the enemy. He's hitting you shots. You're hitting it back. No, I, the word of the Lord is this, the word of the Lord. And, and everyone thinks you're spiritual. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you're like, you're thinking about what's on tomorrow on TV. <laughs> hey, listen, I've been there. <laughs> but here's the truth. This is the craziest part. Here I am. <laughs> everyone thinks I'm holy. I'm thinking, oh, God, help, 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 help. All of a sudden, I get a tap on my shoulder. I turn around. I don't see anybody. I look down, and here's this short dude, about this tall, big Coke bottle glasses. I'm telling you, he looked like, have you ever heard of the Karate Kid? He looked like Mr. Miyagi. Like, I mean, he was like this. And, and he says, Mr. Robinson. I'm like, oh. He's like, I have word for you. Okay. He says, from today on, You'll never have trouble at the airport customs again. Wow. Thank you. Bless you. Wow. I'm going to be honest. That's powerful. Man, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But I'll be real. I'm kind of feeling a little bit more in the customs suit that's like, we've got your, you know, passport number, your photo. You're never coming back. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for that confirmation. And of course, as a speaker, you know, you're trying, Canadian, you're trying to be nice. Thank you so much for the word. Oh, Lord, help, 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 help. You ever been there? It's like you, you're asked the Lord for the confirmation, but the truth is, <laughs> some of you, you don't need a confirmation. Some of you, you need an injection of faith because you've already got the word over your life. You've already got the promise over your life. You just need to grab a hold of it again. You don't need another confirmation that tells you what to do. Some of us, we just need to stand up in the season, put the big girl, big boy pants on, and believe God. <laughs> So there I am. Lord, help, help, help. Second time. What? <laughs> this is during a service. You're supposed to act holy. <laughs> Mr. Robinson, I said, what? You do not believe the word. I said, really? Now, I'm thinking he doesn't speak good English. I'm like, and he gives me the whole word again. I'm like, thank you. I love you. <laughs> Blessings. Then he looks at me. I speak English very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, Lord, help, help, help. See, here's the truth. You can have every word, and people can call it your name, they can call it your birth date, they can call it your mom's name, everybody's name. But until you believe the word, you'll go from looking for confirmation to confirmation to confirmation. But at some point, you have to believe that the word is actually for you and it's your word and that God's word is true and that it will not return void and that it will accomplish what it's set out to do. Some of us today, we, didn't, we need to grab a hold of the words that we've been given and strike the ground and say, where's the God of this word? Lord, I thank you that I'm not done yet, that I have enough, and that God is not done. My greatest days are ahead. And we're going to see the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. So there I am. I go back and worship. Oh, God, I thank you. You're going to open up a door, Lord. You're going to make a way where there is no way. And he knocks on my shoulder one more time. I said, what? He said, Mr. Robinson. Now, I wanted to say, you say Mr. Robinson one more time. <laughs> he said, you didn't get the word. Now, I've lost it at that point. I'm thinking, forget, you know, being nice. What did I not get? He's like, you'll never have trouble at customs again. 
I said, how do you know that? Now this little, this little guy all of a sudden gets nice and straight, sticks out his chest. He says, Mr. Robinson. He said, what you don't know. I own the airport. <laughs> airport. <laughs> Come on, somebody, listen. <laughs> listen, when you step into that, <laughs> your perception of people change real quick. How many know what I'm talking about? They went from like a level one to a level 10. You're like, buddy, what's up? Mr. Miyagi and me are gonna have some dim sum after the meeting. Come on, somebody. Meet my new best friend. You gotta be careful how you look at people and what you say about people because those very people could be your breakthrough in your next season. Some of you are about to get some Mr. Miyagi in your life. He says, listen, I heard about your situation. He's like, the Lord spoke to me years ago when the government said we're looking for a private company to take over the airport. He said, we're going to take it over because he had a word of the Lord that said there's going to be a move of the Holy Ghost in Indonesia and that God would need ministers to come in from other countries and, and governments would try to shut them down. But I've called you to Manigate at the airport because I'm going to use you to make a way where there is no way. Come on, somebody. God's going to make a way where there is no way. He's going to bring a breakthrough. He's going to pull. I'm telling you, he's going to pull heaven on earth for your behalf because your greatest days are ahead of you. He said, from today on, you're going to be treated like royalty every time you come to Indonesia. I, I encourage you. Some of you, you need to come with me. We're going to, we take teams. It's awesome. We take teams. And here's what he said. He said, every time you come in, he says, we're going to pull out the red carpet of favor for you. You're going to be treated like a king and like a diplomat because you're an ambassador of the king of kings. And he says, we're going to pull you in. Next time you come in, watch what we're going to do. I'm like, all right. I've never been so happy to leave a country just to come back in. I got out of the country, went to Singapore, flew back. Now, I'll tell you something. I had a revelation because coming back, I'm all pumped. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. Then all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, oh, what happens if he was lying? <laughs> what happens if I'm about to buy the airport? <laughs> You're like, oh, no. And so I remember panic tongues on the way. Down. I'm like, okay, Lord, this is either going to go really good or really bad. So I get off. Here's this guy. I still remember him, Toronto Blue Jays hat. Mr. Robinson, we're so excited to see you. He's like, can I have your passport? I'm like, all right, this is it. I give my passport. He says, follow me. I follow this guy. All sudden, we're all going in one direction. All of a sudden, the whole group splits off to the right. I go to the left, and it's just me and this dude. And I'm walking. I'm like, man, this is crazy. And where am I going? And the guy turns around and says, Mr. Robinson, look down. And I look down. There's a red carpet. I'll tell you something, it feels really good. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Job 29 said, listen, my feet were bathed in butter and cream, and the rock poured out oil for me. For me. <laughs> I like favor. I've had poverty. I don't like that. <laughs> it's funny. You learn a lot about favor. 
I'll tell you, you learn a lot about people when other people have favor. <laughs> Some people are like, that's your, you should be talking about it. Listen, favor ain't fair, but when you got it, you got it. Can I tell you something? You got it. You're favored, you're blessed, and highly favored from God. So I'm looking up there, and then all of a sudden, this big wall turns into this glass divider, and everyone's looking at me, and I'm looking at them. They're like, who's this homeboy sitting in the economy now he's in the red zone? What do you do? You start waving like the queen, man. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> Been there 20 times. About to meet the president of Indonesia. Why? Because God will make a way where there is no way. Oh. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. It's going to be a year of explosive growth. I can tell you this right now. Explosive. I mean explosive. Blank and you're going to miss it. There's going to be such an army of young people coming in this place because they're looking for presence. He wants to bring breakthrough. I want to do something here today. There's a reason why um, Kevin didn't receive the offering this morning at the beginning is because the Lord spoke to me and said, I want to take a specific offering this morning. Very specific. I want you to listen to this. This isn't talking about me. This isn't talking about what God is doing here in this house. Friends, here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, if my people would get my vision in this season, how many know our vision personally is great, but his vision corporately is so much bigger? And here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Samuel, I want to release breakthrough over people this morning, today, And I want to release the spirit of breakthrough over finances. I want to release the spirit of breakthrough over families. I want to release breakthrough in every area. John chapter 10, verse 10, that God wants to give you life. Come on, spiritual life. I'm thankful that we're saved. But how many want to operate in abundant life? And here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Samuel, can my people believe with me that we can build a house together? Come on. A house together so big that's going to house the presence of the Lord that you're, I'm telling you, you guys, the people of God, coming in and out, carrying his presence, this dove company, going in and out, seeing God's miraculous power everywhere that you go. Because you know what I saw in this place? I saw literally, I can't even, I can't even tell you. I saw, you know, we've talked about this before, but I literally saw this building, the walls out, everything. I mean, packed to the brim. How many believe there's a harvest that's coming that no one can contain? I'm telling you, there's a harvest that's coming no one can contain. And I feel this today. I want to encourage you. I'm not, it's not a long offering, but I, I just felt this. There's breakthrough in the house today. How many felt breakthrough in the worship? See, I'm very, very, I'm, I, I'm very, very specific. And I told Kevin, I feel like we need to take the offering at a specific time because when you give in this atmosphere, something happens. We don't just give and just say, okay, just throw your money out. Listen, that's not the proper way to do things. We want to give with a purpose, amen? You know what the purpose is today? I want to believe God with you that we're going to have breakthrough in every single area in Jesus' name. Because he's going to make a way where there is no way. And the last thing I want to say is this. Here's my word for you. The other thing that God's going to do is going to release such a realm of prosperity like we have never seen before. Because how many know we need supernatural finances in this season? Amen? This is one, I want to read one verse to you really quickly, and then we're going to take up the offering because I want you to get your heart set. Look at this. This rocked me. Deuteronomy 8, 
verse 18. This is your promise today. Woo. It says, and you shall remember, say remember. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power. Say power. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That's an interesting scripture. You know what that does? That blows out the whole thing about that you're more spiritual if you have poverty. Why would God give you power to get wealth if he didn't want you to get wealth? And here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Samuel, I want to release wealth to this region. How many believe that we can take over the issues of the government? That the government can't? They're like, listen, this is impossible. The church says, you know what? It's on us. And look at this. It says, and I'm going to give you the power to get wealth that he may establish. Say establish. Look at this. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Say this day. Here's my word. Why am I talking about prosperity? There's a purpose behind it. The purpose is the wealth that is coming in. I want you to get this, friends. It's going to keep you on the straight and narrow. Because I've seen too many people that get finances and they get detoured because they have no purpose behind prosperity. Here's your purpose. That you would establish his covenant on the earth. Establish his covenant. How many want to establish God's covenant in Abbotsford, in Aldergrove, in the lower mainland, in Vancouver, that God's kingdom, his covenant will be established. You know what that established means? Won't be shaken. It will not be shaken. How many want to move with God in a place where you will not be shaken. I don't mean just having a little victory, but living in victory. How many want to see your kids not just touched with a little bit of fire, but literally on fire everywhere that they go? I mean, establish that your children's children. That's what God wants to release right now. That's what you're sowing into. This is the opportunity today. I know we have our tithes, but I want you to get this today, that God wants to establish something with you. There's a spirit of breakthrough. I don't know, is the is the uh, offering of loops? Here, if you want, if you need an, or it's in the back of the chairs. And I want to pray over the offering. I literally told Kevin, I said, I don't normally do this, especially for Sunday morning, but I feel like there is such an anointing of breakthrough in the house. And I want to encourage you, listen, some of you, you might have to redo your envelope today. I'm telling you to, to, whew, to match your level of faith because there's breakthrough in the house. So I want to give you two minutes. And then I'm going to pray right now over every single person that they're releasing a breakthrough. How many want breakthrough today? You're like, God, I want breakthrough this morning. Lord, I want breakthrough for myself, for my children, for my grandchildren, God. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of breakthrough. For the spirit of breakthrough. He who the Son sets free is free in deeds. Thank you, Lord, because there's a company. There's a company. There's a dove company, a people of his presence. Woo! So right now, here's what I want to do. Before we take the offering, I want every single person in this room, lift up your hands. If you want to stand, you can stand. I want you to engage today. There's a realm of breakthrough in the house. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, come on, lift up your hands all over this place. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough. We thank you, God, that the anointing.
mountain breaks every yoke today. And I thank you, God, right now, Holy Spirit, you are making a way where there is no way. And when we prophesy breakthrough over our finances, breakthrough over our family, breakthrough right now over our regions, over our school, God, we release the breakthrough of heaven in Jesus' name. Woo! Lord, release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. Lord, release it all over this room right now. Right now, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Come on. Just start thanking Jesus today. Lord, we thank you for breakthrough. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've done. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Woo! Lord, release it. Release it all over this room. The Dove Company, Father, release them. Father, I thank you for such a hunger for the presence. I'm just, Lord, right now, Lord, I thank you for the fire that's found in your presence. God, I thank you right now for a fresh impartation of the fire of God in this place, God. Lord, I thank you for supernatural hunger being released to your people, God. Lord, we're asking that you would come in a new way, God. Lord, that you would move again afresh. Lord, that you would move again. Wave after wave after wave. Wave after wave after wave. Lord, release it in this place. over this room. Yeah, we'll just put the baskets at the front. Here's what you're going to do. I'm going to transition over to Kevin here in a second. But here's what you're going to do. Your offering today is just a statement of faith. I don't want you just to put your offering in and forget about it. I want you to see your breakthrough this afternoon. So we can say, God, I thank you. You are making a way where there is no way. Say this with me. God will make a way where there is no way. He will make a way where there is no way. Break through. Hey. Break through. Break through. Break through. God. Come on, can we do something? Can we give the Lord a shout of praise? Jesus! So I'm going to invite you today to give your tithes and your offerings. It has been an honor to be with you this morning. I really believe God is doing something special. And again, it is my privilege to be with you guys. 
Can, again, can we just tell the Lord how much we love him? Jesus, we just love you. We just love you. Thank you, Lord.